I know um, Tim told you that Pastor Anthony was speaking today, so September Fools! We kind of treat him like Tom Holland in the Marvel cast. We don't give him the full script until a couple days before it happens. Um, we don't want him to blow the surprise. Just kidding. Um, but before we get started today, I have a couple announcements. We really like announcements here at Fellowship Church. Um, that's not true. We just have a lot of stuff coming up because we're starting our new year. We are kicking off our vision weekends next three weekends. It's going to be an amazing time. But we, have some also, we also have some other things coming up. So in your app, fconline.tv, we have some things that you guys can sign up for. The first thing is our community classes. We started those last year. The purpose is to invite the community in to get some training and get freedom in different areas of our lives. One class we're doing this term is parenting class. Um, it's going to be an amazing time. Paula's going to teach that. It's parenting out of trauma, from trauma, trauma-informed. Sorry, I didn't get that right. But So that's going to be really awesome. The next one is emotional health. We are going to um, get freedom from that, work on getting free from emotional health. I'll be teaching that one. It's going to be Tuesday night, 6.30. The price is $20 per person, $25 per couple. It's going to be light of refreshments. There's going to be child care if you need it. So join, a, join us for those classes. Um, it's going to be six weeks, not a long time. But we just want to really dig deeper. We want to um, gain freedom from things that maybe we need free from, um, learn about how to parent trauma-informed. So those are going to be really important things to sign up for. The next thing that's happening here is we're going to be starting connect groups. Now, we do small groups in semesters, but we're going to be trying these different types of groups called connect groups. And what that looks like is we're going to be having five groups, had to count, sorry, five groups happening every other week. So out of the five groups, there's going to be an outdoor Saturday group hiking, kayaking, those types of things. There's going to be a 55-plus game night on, or game day on Saturday, ladies-only group on Monday, a Thursday night game night, and a dinner group on Saturday. And again, those are happening every other week, so you can join more than one group. You can come, drop in. It's going to be just a time to get connected. We know that through this last season, we've kind of fallen apart, not been able to get connected together. So we want to give opportunity for us to connect together, grow together, get to know each other. Again, you can sign up for all this on the app, fconline.tv. Download the app, fconline.tv. Um, you should get the app, fconline.tv. So, all right, have you guys heard all those announcements? That's great. The next thing we're going to talk about real quick is we have been doing this kind of this initiative of invite. And we've been encouraging you guys to memorize scripture. We have been encouraging you to fast, to pray, to really seek God. I know Pastor Anthony was sharing with us when we launched this is that he just, we don't invite the spirit to be here because he's already here. But we need to open ourselves up to allow him to have that space because sometimes we get closed off. Um, but this whole three weeks of fasting and prayer, we just want to encourage you guys, let's make space for God. Let's see him do something amazing and awesome, kicking off this new year. Our year starts from September to kind of summer. It's kind of how the years kind of flow in the church world. So we want to kick off this new year right. And so we have been learning James 4 this week. And I don't have chocolate because I'm not a youth pastor. But Tim will buy you chocolate. If you want to try doing the memorization, does anybody have it memorized for this week? Don't make me call on Tim, because we know he did it. <laughs> Just kidding. Does anybody have it memorized this week? All right, Pastor Anthony's going to come uh, recite it. Um, 
because he's the super Christian. You ready? I'm not joking. Okay, Jackie. All right. No gold stars this week. Okay, so I'll mark that down in my notes. All right, we're going to move on. Um, you guys, a lot of you know who I am. Some of you don't. My name is Ladina. I am one of the assistant pastors here at Fellowship Church. I am over operations, behind the scenes kind of stuff. Um, I'm part of the speaking team, obviously. They trust me with the microphone. That might end today, but I'm here. So let's get started. These last few months of summer, we've been working, looking at Elijah and Elisha, Eli. And um, I was, as I was preparing for this message, I was going through and kind of listening to some of the past messages, just kind of kind of closing it up this week. Tim ended it officially last week, but we're just kind of buttoning it up this week and just kind of giving a recap what stood out, some important things that I think God wants to share with us this morning. And so over the past few months, we've learned about crows and widows. We've talked about jars and oil, being angry at God. We talked about looking for our cloud. Pastor Anthony had that amazing cloud. Um, I wasn't here for that one. But we talked about hearing God's still, small voice. We talked about burning ships and chariots of fire and bears and Elisha getting a double portion of Elijah. We talked about leprosy fingers. We all remember that one? First disgusting thing we talked about. Um, God opening our eyes to the spiritual realm. We talked about eating donkey face and pigeon poop. That was also very disgusting. Um, but there has been so many different things that we've talked about over these last few months of summer. And I was just wanting to talk about a couple things that really stood out to me. And I think two things that really stood out to me this whole message series was the first one was having what are we filling our jars with or having our jars filled to be able to pour out to other people. God really challenged me with that and, and showing me, like, I need to make sure that my jars are filled so that I can pour out to others and share what God has done for me. And the second thing, probably because I spoke about it, was hearing God's still small voice. Just remembering to take time to listen to God's still, small voice. And he's not, sometimes he's not in the big noise, he's not in the big stuff, but he's in that still, small voice. And that's really the heartbeat of invite as well, is like setting time aside to hear God's still, small voice. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that this next week. Let's end this next week doing that, setting that time aside for God. As I was studying and getting ready for this message, I was um, listening to this, it's called the Bible, and they do a recap of, like, the chapters that you're reading, and they were talking about in there how Elijah performed eight miracles that are recorded in the book of Second Kings, First and Second Kings, and 16 are recorded for Elisha, and so that reminded me, when he asked God for a double portion literally got a double portion of what Elisha did, or Elijah did. So that was pretty cool. Um, but what was the purpose? We've done these amazing stories. We've heard about these amazing acts of God. But kind of like, what was the purpose? And these guys were prophets. And so they were trying to call the nation of Israel out of their idol worship and back to God. God was trying to use them to get their, to get, to get their attention and different acts of miracles and things that happened to point back to him. And as I look at this story of Elijah and Elisha, which is really hard to say, by the way, together, um, it just, it blows my mind how of a similar place we're in today. Of how, you know, God is calling us out of idol worship and trying to get our attention back to him. 
He's calling us out of our busyness and trying to get our attention back to him. He's calling us out of our selfishness, our pride, our anger, our fear, and he's trying to get our attention back to him. And it just is crazy for me to, when I read the story to see so many parallel things that are happening even in the world today that were happening back then. Um, one area, we're going to start with 1 Kings 18.37. And it says, this is Elijah, when he calls fire from heaven, he says, Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Here he's praying and asking God to send fire on the altar. He's kind of making fun of the other prophets of Baal. But he's calling fire from heaven. And if you look at the Elijah, his name, it means the Lord my God. The Lord my God. He's calling on the Lord his God. He's calling for God to, sh to put his fire down. And the scriptures are going to be all over the place because we are doing a recap. So... They're on the, they should be on the app. Hopefully they are. Um, if not, you better turn those pages fast. Okay, 2 Kings 6, 17. And this is Elisha. So we're going to look at, so Elijah's name means the Lord my God. We're going to look at Elisha. It says, then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses, chariots of fire, all around Elisha. So this is when Elisha prayed for the servant when they were stuck in the camp and he heard the he saw the Syrian army and he was scared and so God he prayed that God would open that servant's eyes and he could see that God was there the whole time. And actually during that message before that message even started, I shared this on my devotional that I did. Um, God gave me a vision as I was worshiping here, and it was that the armies of heaven are fighting this battle that we're fighting. We think we're fighting it alone, but he is actually fighting it for us, beside us, and with us. And he has his army fighting for us. Um, the word Elisha means, my God is salvation. So if you look at their names, you can literally see that one is the Lord my God and the God of, is salvation. So it's just that story again of saying, come back to God, come back to God, come back to God. And when we kicked off this series, uh, Pastor Anthony actually started at the end. And so we're going to read the passage that we started with. Um, it's 2 Kings 13.20. It says, so Elisha died and they buried him. Now the band of Mobiites used to invade the land in the spring of the, the year. Verse 21 says, And as a man was being buried, behold, a modern band was seen, and the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. And soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he re revived and stood on his feet. Soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he was alive. And it just got me thinking about the word legacy. And as I was talking with Pastor Anthony, it's like, it's really about a legacy. And I was like, okay, I know where we're supposed to go. I know where we're supposed to go. It took me a little while to get there, but I knew where we were going. Um, but it's talking about leaving a legacy. And these men were so full of the power of God that the very bones revived someone back to life. And Elijah was, Elijah was so close to God that chariots of fire just took him. He didn't even have to suffer death. He just was with God. He was there, and then he was gone. 
And I just was thinking about how powerful the spirit must have been in their lives. That their bones would revive someone and that God would just take them. I just think it's crazy. And it really made me think about what am I leaving behind? What, am, what legacy am I leaving behind? What have I done, not what have I done, but what has God used or done through me that I'm able to leave the legacy? Is my life a reflection of God's power, of God's grace, of God's love? Am I living my life that way? And of course, I'd be like, of course. No, I'm not. But I want it to be. I want it to be. I want to be, I want to be somebody to be thrown on my bones and be brought back to life because the power of God is so big inside of me. And we were, and as we were, um, th- as I was thinking about this, and I was reading this, um, Ryan has a cousin, my husband Ryan, who runs FC Online. You don't see him much; he's in the up in the attic, basically. Um, but his cousin passed away a few weeks ago. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor, um, and they found it randomly doing some kind of weird scan. They did a scan because he was having headaches, and they found it. He's had it for a long time; no one knew. But he was given about six months to live, and so he passed really quickly. Um, We went to his funeral, and um, let me just tell you, I've been to two funerals, both Ryan's side of the family, and I have never been to funerals like that in my whole life. It was, the room was completely filled with people, and there was standing room in the back. People were standing in the back, and just hearing people's testimony. Sometimes you go to funerals, and people will be like, this is about me, whatever. But it was all about how amazing God was and how amazing God used, his name was Scott, Scott, to reach others. And no one talked about what car he drove, what house he lived in, how many shoes he had, what kind of clothes he wore. No one talked about any of that stuff because that stuff is just garbage. It doesn't matter. But all they talked about was his smile because his smile would light up a room and you could just feel God's love. They talked about how amazing his voice was because when he sang worship, it was amazing and you could just feel the presence of God. They talked about how much he loved water. That was just something he loved. And um, the the last thing that really spoke to me was as this man was dying um, on his deathbed, his care, he had a caregiver for hospice and she spoke and there was like not a dry eye in the house. It was just like tears of joy, tears of sadness. But as this woman shared how she had fallen away from God, and she knows that God put her in this specific place to care for him because within the last three months of taking care of him on his deathbed as he was dying, God used his faith to show her her need for Christ. His, God used his death to bring her to life in him. And as I was listening and hearing this story and God brought this to my mind, it was like, I want to I want to be that. I want to be God using my life to bring people to him. I want God to use my marriage to bring people to him. I want God to use my parenting. I have a lot of work. Go to the class. To bring people to him. Um, but we're going to look at three areas that we can leave a legacy this morning. Three areas in our life. There's many things you can do to leave a legacy. But I really felt press- pressed by lo- the Lord to share these three areas where we can leave a legacy. And the first area is our generosity. Am I a generous person? Am I generous with my time, with my treasure, with my talent? Am I, t- am I being a generous person? And something I read as I was doing my studying was, you make a living by what you get, but you leave a legacy by what you give. So you le- make a living by what you get, 
but you leave a legacy by what you get. Acts 20, 35 says, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And today, in today's society, if we look at the world for our wisdom, if we look at the world for any kind of guidance, they're going to say, no, it's important to get. You get what's yours. You get, you get, you get. You work for it. You get it. You deserve it. But that's the opposite of what God says. God says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Am I being generous? Um, and, of course, this verse is about money, but it can be applied to many things in our life. Like I said, time, treasure, talent can be applied to many things that we do in Matthew 6 19 through 21 we talk about this we read this verse a lot says do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And a lot of times we read that, we've said this before, is where your heart is, your treasure will be also. We like to switch that. Because if we care about something, of course we're going to put money there. But the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And just again, this idea of Scott and just how... His treasure was building the kingdom of God until literally his last dying breath. That's where his treasure was, and that's where his heart was. And that was the result of seeing that. And we, Pastor Anthony's talked a lot about this, about how we're not going to care about something until we start putting treasure in it. And a long time ago, as my kids would say, back in the olden days, <laughs> um, I did youth group. And I didn't care about youth before I did youth group. I didn't care about teenagers before I did youth group. I didn't care about what they were learning in school. I didn't care about what was fun for them. I didn't care about the music, the lingo, anything. I didn't care about any of that before I started doing youth group. But the minute, minute I put my treasure there, my time, my talents, I began to care about it. I begin to care about those students. I begin to care about where what they are learning in school. I begin to care about what their biblical knowledge is. How are they going to weave their way through this world? I begin to care about that because I was putting my treasure there. My heart was following. And even more so with my kids, I didn't care about the Four Corners Elementary or Halk Middle School. I didn't care about them. But my treasure started going there and my kids started going there. I started volunteering there. I started getting to know the teachers. I got to know the principal real well. <laughs> My coworkers can attest to that. Um, but I didn't care about that. I didn't care about anything there until my treasure was there, until my kids started going there. Then I started caring about it because I knew I wanted them to be safe. I wanted them to get knowledge. I wanted to ha see what they were learning. So we don't care about stuff until our treasure is there. Um, we, you can't care about orphans or widows unless your treasure is there. Become a foster parent. Oh, Ladina, that's so hard. I know. But you can't say you care about orphans if you're not putting your treasure there. I'm not saying you have to become a foster parent to care about orphans. But I am saying, is your treasure showing that? Your heart will follow. Adopt. That's hard. I know. Believe me. 
I know. I didn't care about adoption either until I put my treasure there. Now I'm passionate about it because I can see how God uses it to bring people into his kingdom. Support a single mom, teen mom. I didn't care about teen moms until I started putting my treasure there. So I started finding ways that I could be a support to those single moms, teen moms, inviting them over for dinner, taking them coffee. I didn't care about that until I started putting my treasure there. Inviting over someone who lost a spouse or a loved one, just sh showing that generosity, that grace, that love. I didn't care about that until I started doing that. Volunteering in kids, working with youth, supporting your local church, it's all the same thing. Your heart will not be in it until your treasure is there first. What does that look like to you? That looks like uh, money. I'm just going to say it. Everybody loves talking about it. Money, time, talent. It's a lot of work. Yes, it is. But we're not called to sit on the sidelines. I think the days of sitting on the sidelines, church, is over. We don't have time to sit on the sidelines anymore. We don't have time to waste any longer. If you read the word of God, and I'm not like a doom and gloom, well, a little bit sometimes, but it's getting closer, guys. Look at the world around us. Makes absolutely no sense where our world is today, except for the Bible said it's going to get real ugly real fast real quick. So we don't have time to waste any longer. Am I saying give money? Yes. I am saying that. Do it. Be faithful. Do what God tells you to do. Am I saying volunteer? Yes, I'm saying volunteer. Not just in their church, in the community, in different organizations that need the light. There are so many places in our community that need people who love Jesus and just want to serve people. There's tons of those things. I am saying that. Open your home. I am saying that. Yes, do it. All right. Ready for the next one? I know we're all excited. All right. The next one. Prayer and Bible. Ugh, every time you talk, Lydia, that's all you talk about. You want to know why? Because God says so. <laughs> Take it up with him. All right. So, again, we are doing this invite initiative. We're inviting you. Let's spend time with God. I'm deciding on if I want to be salty, but I'm not going. All right. All right. Um, we're inviting you to spend more time with God. And really inviting him in and opening our hearts. And it's not just about like, oh, we're going to memorize scripture and da-da-da-da-da. But it's actually helping us build habits and helping us build things that are going to make you stronger. Because if we're just going through church on Sunday, that's the only Bible we're getting, you guys are going to be real weak when the time comes to have to know what to do or know what to say. Or, because you're not spending time with God. If we only fed our children baby food their whole life, they would be malnutritioned. They would be starving to death. And as a society, as a whole, I think the church, not just this church, but the church is starving to death because we are not taking time to spend time with Christ. I know, guys, you have to get up early. I know. Just, we just have to do it. Just get over it. I'm talking to myself. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Latina, does that mean when I'm walking my grocery cart, I'm just like, da, da, da. maybe. I don't know what that looks like for you. But for me, sometimes what it looks like is driving in my car and my kids are screaming at each other. And I'm just like, God, help me right now, please. I don't want to go to jail. You know, that's what it looks like for me sometimes. I'm praying. I think that's what he means. It's fine. Um, but it also means like just, you know, having an attitude of prayer in our life. Somebody ticks you off instead of giving them the finger, God bless you. Do that. 
I know the first one is easier and funner, but still, try the second one. Um, Colossians 4.2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continually, continue steadfastly in prayer. So again, this theme, this idea of continually be in prayer. And then Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Talking about the Bible. And Romans 15.4 says, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that though endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Are you feeling hopeless? Maybe we should find hope. Open the Bible. The Bible has hundreds of scriptures on hope, having hope. Um, prayer is mentioned or referenced over 500 times in the Bible. That's a lot. I was trying to find how many times the word of God is written in the Bible or Bible reading. But the word Bible is actually not in the Bible. It's like on the front and that's it. So it was a little more challenging. But oh, around 130 where it's references looking at the word of God, the word of God was spoken, just that, that idea of the word of God. So it's in there a lot of times. So in my brain, how I think is that if something's mentioned multiple times, it's probably pretty important. 500 times, it's probably like more like do it now, not just a suggestion. Um, 130 times, same, do it now. So if we only pray and read the Bible when we feel like it, I guarantee you the devil will make it like we don't want to, we don't feel like it. I don't really feel like reading today. I don't really feel like praying today. My, I'm just like not into it. Ugh. Netflix or Hulu or Peacock or HBO Max or whatever you have, you know, instead. Um, but that really hit me hard. It says, I just was reading it and I found this quote. It says, if we only pray and read our Bible when we feel like it, the devil will make sure we don't feel like it. And he uses different things to do that. Something else I read was, maturity is when you live your life by your commitments, not by your feelings. That one hurt a little worse. Because we are so full of our feelings, <laughs> we feel everything. We're always, that hurt my feelings, or feeling this, or feeling that. But the Bible actually says not to go by our feelings. The Bible says our heart is wicked and corrupt. But what is truth is God's word. I don't feel like it. I'm sorry. It says, your lamp is a word unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I'm struggling. Let me open God's word so I can find that light to lighten up that dark path. Um, so I want to encourage you guys this next week. I want to encourage you guys this next Let's take this invite seriously. Okay. Let's take this invite seriously. Because I'm not just up here begging you, I'm going to say, begging you to read the scriptures and pray. I'm tired. That's silly. We're grown adults. We should be excited to read the scriptures and pray. We should be excited to give up ourself and our flesh because we want to see a move of God. You had prophets calling fire from heaven, and we can't open our verse or Bible for 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. I hear guys. All right. It gets me fired up. It's okay. Um, all right. Sorry. Um, gets me fired up because it's hard to fast. We should want to, but it's very hard. It's hard to give up something we are addicted to, desire, want, fighting our flesh. It's hard. But you know what? It needs to cost us something. 
Do we want the presence of God to move or we just want to sit here, sing songs, kumbaya, woo, great word, okay, let's go have lunch. I don't want that. That's disgusting. I want to see God move. Listen, my time is valuable. And if I am going to be in church, I want my time to count. I want to see people's lives change. I want to see miracles happen. I want to see the presence of God so thick. We can't stand in this room. But you know what? If we're just sitting here expecting our neighbor to be doing it and we're not doing the work, we probably won't see it. When you go on different mission trips and different things, people always come back and be like, oh, man, the spirit was so strong there. It's because they desired it. And if we look in the mirror, the truth, the ugly, gross, disgusting truth sorry, is that we don't. It's a great idea. It's a great thought. But is it our desire? Because it should become our desire. It should become our passion. If it's not our passion, then we don't desire it. Just like if our treasure is not with widows, orphans, kids, in, the, in God's kingdom, our talent won't be there. Is that right? If our hearts, our treasure's not there, our heart's not there. If our treasure isn't making sure that we're growing strong and understanding God's word, we're going to be led astray. The Bible is very clear about that. Don't believe me? Find the verse. I'm not going to tell you where it is. All right. Moving on. Okay. Got a little sidetracked. Okay. So when we look at the Bible and we look about how what we're inviting you guys to dig in this next week. Let's dig in this next week. Spend 20 to 30 minutes. I want to challenge you. 20 to 30 minutes. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of time. But it's something small. The week, it's an obtainable goal. It's starting to set those habits. It's starting to set those goals that we can attain, and it grows from there. Do it with your family. Do it with your kids, with your husband, with your wife. Do it with your friends, your roommate, whatever. Do it before you go to bed. Do it before you eat dinner. Get up early, which is the worst. I know. It's disgusting. But you know what? How important is it to you to see a move of God? Put aside time. Just do it. Not because we have to. Not because I'm telling you to. Not because I'm guilt tripping you. But because God is convicting you. Because God is wanting to you to grow close to him. To submit to God. Submit ourselves to God and grow close to him. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's James 4, 7 and 8. Submit ourselves. Draw close to God. How are he, is he going to draw close to us when we're not drawing close to him? The last one we're going to talk about is keeping your eyes on Christ. This is the last thing we're going to talk about, how to leave a legacy. Don't focus on your problems. Focus on the Lord. That's very, like, Christianese, very speaker or whatever. But I know it's easier said than done. I have a hard time focusing on God and not my surroundings. Um, but I just think about the time that Elijah, confused on which one it was, Elisha, prayed that God would open the eyes of the servant to see the army. And I really believe with all my heart that God was showing me that because he wanted me to remember that he is always with me and to keep my eyes focused on him and not the stuff that's going on around me, not the world that may be falling apart, but focus my eyes on Christ. So we're going to read that verse again. 2 Kings six seventeen says, Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, 
Please open his eyes so that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elisha. This guy was scared. All he could see was the army. All he could see was his death. But God opened his eyes so that he could see beyond that. And some of us in here today need our eyes open so we can see beyond our situation. But if we're not looking to Christ, all we're going to see is this. We're not going to be able to see over it. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated on the right hand of the throne of God. And Psalms 119.37 says, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things things. Some of us in here, me included, have blinders on. Because if we walk around like this, we can't see what's happening. So sometimes we put them on on purpose. Sometimes we just stick our heads in the sand because we don't want to deal with what's happening. I do that. I'm like, uh, I'm just going to stay in my room, go make some easy Mac in the microwave, okay? Um, but Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And if all we're doing is focusing on the walls falling around us, we're forgetting that God is with us, not against us. He is for us. And that he has called us to something higher. We need to stop letting our situation determine our focus. And that is easy to do right now, for sure. I get it. I understand 100 millionth percent, that is so easy to do right now. It's easy to get discouraged, distracted, but it's very interesting that we're always discouraged and distracted all the time. Why? Because our eyes are not focused on Christ, because we are not spending time with him, because we are weak in our faith, because we are not doing those disciplines that he has called us to do. And I believe 100, I believe that with everything inside of my body, that if we would just do what God has called us to do, we would be stronger and we could have the ability to, to focus on him when things get hard. Focus on him when the world is falling apart. Focus on him when we're in another lockdown or shutdown or countries are at war. Like focusing on Jesus and then letting him use us to do help out in those areas. Putting our treasure there. Putting our talent there. Putting our hearts there. I really believe that with all that's in me. So as we close tonight, today... I keep saying tonight. I, I don't know why. Sorry. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna reread Psalms 119:37 as the worship team comes, and I just want to spend some time praying. Um, you guys can come get prayer from a staff member if you need. If you really just want God to do something, and you want somebody to pray for you, we're gonna be up here. We'll pray with you. If you just need to spend some time with God by yourself, come up here to be talked about this last week, just kind of the altar, spending time with God. I think that's important for us to do, is spend some time in worship, singing in worship. We've been worshiping all morning, but singing, and just really asking God, how can I leave a legacy? So Psalms 119.37 says, turn your eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. So today I want to encourage us. What kind of legacy are we leaving? What kind of legacy am I leaving? Ladina, me, I'm talking to me. Am I living out of generosity? Am I living out time with God? Am I living out with my eyes focused on Christ? 
What kind of legacy am I leaving? Are my bones bringing people back to life? Am I living in God's presence so that people can see and want to know why and I can be like, give them the opportunity to share the gospel? We need to stop being intimidated and holding our tongues and being able to speak truth into people's lives. Um, I'm just going to pray, and then Casey's going to lead us in another song. And I, again, if you guys need prayer for anything, I do want to encourage you. We will have people up here to pray with you. If you need help or just struggling, we want to pray with you because we want to see you get to the other side. God, thank you so much for today. God, I know sometimes messages are hard to hear. I know that sometimes we get convicted, God, but I pray we won't ignore it and push it aside because that was great, but I don't want to do anything about it. God, I pray that we will be a people of action, a people of generosity like you've called us to be. That we'll be faithful with our treasure, that we will be putting our treasure in you and things that you've called us to put it into, God. God, I pray that we will be putting our time into you, God, things that you have called us to do. God, I pray that as we are keeping our focus on you, Lord, that you will be bringing people to us that we will be introducing to people's lives, God, or interacting with people, that we will be able to share the good news of who you are. We should not be keeping this a secret as we heard last week, God, but we should be shouting it from the rooftops. We should be the Elijahs and the Elishas, God, of this nation. Let us be full of your spirit. Let us be hungry people after you. Help us get our heads out of the sand, take our blinders off, break down the walls, God. We just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.